I said good day, sir. You don't ever plan anything around the eagles because the eagles represent the grace of God. Okay. You heathen bastards. What a vanilla nebbish name. Well, you know, orcs are people too. I'm thinking of that one cult that got taken out with one punch. So he's got a wall, okay. a gall, a gall, and a wall. Every time you mention the eagles, I think Don Henley. <laughs> is a geek history of time where we connect nerdery to the real world my name is ed blaylock i'm a 43 year old uh world history teacher uh in northern california uh and i have been a nerd as long as i can remember uh starting with being introduced to dungeons and dragons a couple of years younger than the rule books actually said i was supposed to be they indicated for ages 12 and up, and I was nine, if I recall. How about you? I'm Damien Harmony. I'm a Latin teacher and also a returning history teacher because districts... Welcome back to the fraternity. Oh, a lot's changed, apparently, mm. uh, both in our history yeah. uh, as well as in the curriculum. Mm. Uh, but I've been a geek uh, most of my life as well. Um, I can think back to one of my first books is the Look It Up book of U.S. Presidents. Ah, yes. So it stopped with Reagan. That's how old I am. <laughs> that's, that's how long ago, yeah. Yeah. So, All right. Uh, and I have handwritten uh, under each president listed, whether they were corrupt, neutral, or decent. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you were experimenting with alignment even then. Even then. <laughs> nice. Nice. So, All right. We've got a doozy uh, this week because yes. we're touching on something we both love. Um Okay. Racism. Great. <laughs> Great. Something, one of those things that you love to hate. Right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, no, yes. We're, we're touching on the X-Men, actually. Yes, which and... is which is something we legitimately love. Yes. Yeah. So, um, so um, I, I think I already know mm -hmm. where, I mean, clearly, I, I, I'm pretty sure I already know where this is going, but yeah. where do you want to start with this? Because this, this is going to be a big one. I want to take it chronologically. I think okay. that's probably the best way. And I think because when we do it chronologically, because of our history as a country, yeah. it's going to be thematic as well. You're okay. going to see a shift in um, in the the specific issues yeah and being being uh uh the social justice at, being uh looked at shifting as as time goes shift. on yeah all right yeah okay so, uh i'll start us off in the 1960s okay uh so x-men was first published in 1963 all right uh this was one year after the fantastic fantastic four got published yes that was a superhero family yeah this was one year after the hulk uh, got published, uh, who is a superhero who is severely misunderstood and ultimately just wants to be left alone. Yeah, there was a very uh, uh, James Dean kind of mm -hmm. rebel without a cause, just, just you know, everybody, you're tearing me apart. Exactly. Kind of yeah. kind of vibe oh, wow. in the first first few issues. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, before some of the tropes in that one really solidified. True. And before yeah. they figured out what ink they were going to use to color him. Yeah. So yeah. You, do, you know that story, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I know that he started out gray. And they couldn't get the mix right. And on the very really? last page of like one of the things, it was green. And they're like, that's the one. We're there you go. go whatever, whatever yeah. that was. Yeah. Can you imagine being the the poor schmuck printer's apprentice? Yeah. Who was working on that? Like, I did that by mistake. You yeah. mean I've got to go back, figure out and how remix? I did that. How the oh yeah. man? Yeah. My stepdad so, loves that story. This yeah. is also a year after <laughs> Thor and Spider Man were introduced. 
Okay. Uh, Thor is a man who is literally a world apart. Yeah. And Spider-Man is a teenager who had teenage problems. Yeah. And he was coming into his own as a hero as well. So, which was different. You know, yeah. People well, were, were prior absolute. Yeah. Well, and and prior to uh, these these kinds of storylines, mm-hmm. you know, when we're talking about three color superhero comics. You know, we're talking about a history that's dominated by Superman. Yeah. The the you know uh, the the Ur example of the genre, mm-hmm. uh, and then Batman. Uh, you know, who are these very arch, yes, uh, very very melodramatic and and yeah. very um, kind the phrase of- the phrase that comes to mind is cookie cutter, but they're they're. They they are these they're archetypical. They're archetypical. There you go. Yeah. yeah, they're they're archetypical figures. Whereas what all of these characters have in common is this, this is like the introduction of Hamlet. Yeah. Into comic books, Hamlet is the first example. Speaking as an English teacher, uh, you know, Hamlet is widely regarded, and it's always taught, of course, as being the first example of a protagonist truly having an inner life. Yeah. And yeah, that's a good and way to the put it. development and the development of mm-hmm. actual character development right in in a protagonist in particularly a revenge story yeah and he's he's different by the time spoiler alert he dies yeah. at the end yeah, yeah. um but he's a different well, person tragedy so of than, course yeah. everybody dies but like he's a different person you die than the girl where dies everybody <laughs> dies uh, but he's a different person from yes. start to finish and yeah. you're absolutely right. I think in many ways, uh, comic books up until that point had been... First off, there was a lot of one-offs. There was a lot oh, of, yeah. I want to try this genre, I want to do this. Yeah. And then the Comic Code of Authority comes in and just cuts all that out. Yeah. Check our previous episodes. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, Very and, beginning of the canon, ladies yeah, and gentlemen. As it were. Um, but I think that at the end of it all, uh, the, the superhero genre um, was still stuck in a 1930s melodrama pulp kind of milieu. Yeah, and Marvel was was not competing well with DC in doing that, so they went this other way. I have no evidence that that was there. We need to do this. There's no smoking gun for that, but it seems to be a big shift because you also have two characters, um, Iron Man and the Wasp, um, okay. who come out the same year as the X Men. Um, oh, okay. and yeah, and they are people who were heroes by virtue of their choices and how they interacted with their own technology. And the wasp was a pill popper. Um, really? Yeah. Wait, back up. Yeah. Hold back the truck up. So Wait. her and Henry Pym. Yeah. Uh, Ant Man. Yeah. They got their wife big and yeah. Jackass. Not till later. I know. He's just wife ignoring. Still, yeah. Girlfriend ignoring. Yeah. Well. Um, oh, oh, him, yeah. him, and him and Reed <laughs> yeah. get along famously. Famously. Then. Fam- yeah. Like best pals. So and uh, yeah, Sue and uh, Janet form a codependent club okay um but uh no the the original pym particles were in yeah. pill form oh and this is the early Lord. 1960s what else is in pill form just recently mother's little helper yeah that too uh, also the thing that helps you not be a little mother d- oh yes oh, oh. Wow. Yes. And in 1966, it becomes legal for anybody to obtain it. You don't oh, wow. need... See, I was yeah. going to go with Dexedrine. But, also true. You know... Yeah. But, like, everything's Green coming Berets out in pills. carried, you yeah. know... Greenberry medics, it should be pointed out, uh-huh. carried, you know, a uh, hundred pills. Right. For, you know, keeping patrols awake long enough to... Right. You know, 
So, yeah. but yeah, she okay. was, she was a pill popper uh, for her power. Um, so, wow. which is a technology at the time. Yeah, well, that's the thing. And yeah. and Tony Stark didn't quite have transistors yet. He literally had a ungrounded prong plug to plug to, into to the plug wall. to recharge the armor. Yeah, it's also the first year uh, that the Avengers teamed up. In oh, almost exactly the same month. They're within a month. Really? Of each other. Yeah. Okay. Um, this is so th- yeah. Thor and Iron Man and all those guys Have show up. Yep, show up in their in, in their, their own, own series and then immediately get thrown into a team up. A, a team up book. Yeah, yeah. Huh? They really were trying to do everything they could to get all every issue sold Throw that they could. All get. the spaghetti on the wall. Yeah. Like, hey, did you <laughs> like, cook it? Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Something will stick. It, it's you yeah. know, yeah. It'll either be al dente or or yeah. it'll shatter. We don't care. <laughs> Something's got to happen. Okay. Yeah. So uh, this is also 1963, three years after the counter sit-ins. Okay. Yes. Uh, it's too much to go into there, but that really was one of the first eye-catching demonstrations of resistance and uh, opposition to oppression by young people. Yeah. It, well, it was one of the first times that uh, news of those uh, civil rights actions mm-hmm. got outside of whatever community it was exactly. they were taking place in. Uh, it was it was it was the beginnings of the mass media picking picking up yes. the civil rights movement as a movement. Right. Yes. Yeah. This, this is two years before the Freedom Rides. Yeah. Uh, Freedom Rides. I'll go into a little bit. It's uh, it, so the Freedom Rides were um, white and black civil rights activists making sure that buses that ran across straight state lines were desegregated because there was a uh, well I'll, I'll get to it in a second. Um, well, the uh, their depots, commerce clause. Yeah, uh, okay. Boynton commerce versus Virginia clause, in okay. 1960 okay. Um, stated that if you had a business that went across the states, within the state, it's still we're having a hard time trying to figure out how to get yeah. you to not be shitty. But going <laughs> across state lines, that's clear federal authority, and we can clearly tell you knock that shit right exactly. back off. Okay. And so that also include right. their depots. Um, because a depot is still part of... Of the process exactly. of whatever it is you're in the midst of doing. Okay. So they're both subject to federal law as a result. Uh, and like I said, the South was ignoring Boynton versus Virginia in 1960. Uh, and the federal government just looked the other way. They didn't do much to uh, to enforce it. Again, yeah, like, you know, well, it, it, I have a lot of praise for Eisenhower. This is not amongst it. Well, no. Um, yeah. yeah, this this is one of the places where Eisenhower Fell dropped down famously. the ball. Yeah. Um, young people had to take matters into their own hands, quite honestly, because uh, the elders, the trusted elders who run yeah. things, weren't. Um, and they actually had to make the change that the government was supposed to be making. Uh, when they did this, white mobs burned the buses. Uh, they beat the Freedom Riders severely. Federal government threatened action, uh, but didn't follow through much. Yeah. And it's as though there was this invisible set of rules allowing these things to occur. And the only thing that could stop it was young students acting as catalysts and being willing to face the violence of dominant society. Uh, you also start to see Martin Luther King stepping in at this time. Some would say he was taking over, and they would say mm-hmm. it was some chagrin. Um, and he was asking black activists to stand down from time to time, too. Um, to focus on what are the fights that we can win? Kind of, yeah. And, okay. and let's... What, are, what are the fights that we can try to get better coverage on yeah and also more, more visibility let's, better let's get them better. focused on our method and our message of that peaceful resistance okay 
Um, there's also a level of compromise going on uh, within the civil rights movement that's burgeoning at the time, uh, recognizing that you need constant confrontation. Um, and even though it's righteous and morally valid, uh, it was not as effective as it was appearing less so because of confrontation. So you have this movement toward, no, no, we all need to show our best selves um, and some people are like, well, how dare you judge my best self? I've been here a while. What are you doing? Okay. But he's talking about the effectiveness of this and how white society will just, a dominant society, mostly white society, will yeah. just blame you for causing a conflict instead of looking at why people are trying to hit you. Yeah. And if you aren't striking back, it's a lot harder for them to hide behind that and say, well, if they just didn't. Because yeah. they just didn't. Yeah. And they still got clubbed on the and head. And they still so, got beaten up and attacked with dogs. Yeah. Kennedy actually condemns the Freedom Rides as unpatriotic. Yeah. Kennedy. Uh-huh. Because it made us look bad in the Cold War. Oh, well, yeah. Okay. And he's a Cold Warrior. And, oh. Uh, the, 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 yeah. the trope codifier of Cold Warrior. Yes. In terms of presidents. Yes. Uh, he embodied know, I, it. Yeah. I, Eisenhower was the first Cold Warrior. In, right. in a lot of ways. But, but uh, Kennedy was the, 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 the embodiment, as, as you said, the embodiment standard bearer yeah. of, of what that had become mm-hmm. and then continued to be. Yeah. And because he embodied this fight for the rest of the world's freedom it was very embarrassing for for america to not have freedom at home so could yeah. you just shut up can with you, the not can freedom you just, part can you can you we'll, we'll work on this but for now you yeah. know yeah well maybe we'll work on this like yeah, there's well, no real promise there yeah well yeah but uh the students essentially told him to stuff it by the way um 1963 is also the year after james meredith gets barred from the university of mississippi Okay. Uh, James Meredith was a veteran, I always like to point that out, who, inspired by JFK, decided he wanted to pursue a degree from the University of Mississippi, um, making the very obvious to us now argument that any American had the right to attend any university that received funding from taxpayers. That, yes, to us nowadays. Exactly. Really? Like, yeah. this is an argument. Yeah. Why do we even have to argue this? Yeah. He got turned down twice. Uh, and he got the NAACP to back his case when he was rejected, saying that they'd rejected him only because of his race, which flew in the face of Brown versus Board, which was less than a decade old. Yeah. So he's like, hey, desegregate the schools. I'm trying to go to a school. It's receiving federal monies, taxpayer monies, state taxpayer monies. It's receiving monies from us. This is not a private university. Yeah. Therefore, how come they get to? It goes to the state appellate court uh, in Mississippi which actually ruled in favor of actual justice over prejudice, which stunned, wow. stunned me. All right. Um, the state then sued to get it up to the Supreme Court because uh-huh. no just deed goes unpunished. Uh, and the Supreme Court also ruled in favor of justice over prejudice. They upheld right. the appellate court's ruling. Yay. So he got to go. Yeah. Uh, except that he didn't get to go yet. The governor of Mississippi, a man named Ross Barnett... Okay. What a southern 1950s, oh, 60s name. Oh, yeah. He decided he'd support prejudice over justice in, in a twofold way. First, he ignored the ruling of the highest courts of the land. Yeah. Because that's a thing that happens. And uh, as an executive tasked with carrying out the laws upholding the Constitution. Yeah. He, he over. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. 
Secondly, he declared to the white folks of Mississippi that, quote, no school will be integrated in Mississippi while I am your governor. Now, to me, that's a challenge accepted moment. That's that's nullification. Yeah. Right there. You know, the last time anybody tried doing that, mm-hmm. it ended badly. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it ended badly for everybody, but it especially ended badly for the idiot Peckerwoods who tried to nullify. Yes. We had a whole war. Yeah. Everyone showed um, up. Everybody. Yeah. 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 We, we had a series of episodes about that <laughs> war. Yes. And, and yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, uh, white people in Mississippi, though, were like, yeah, that's a ringing affirmation of white supremacy uh, and therefore the law of the land. Yeah. So the state legislature in Mississippi then passed laws to make an end around to Meredith being accepted. Well, sure, you can accept him, but it doesn't mean he gets to go. And it's some serious ex post facto bullshit tied to voter registration laws and voter fraud. Yeah, that should should echo a little. Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. Maybe not echo, but rhyme. Yeah. I'd say it rhymes. Yep. So it took Robert F. Kennedy... The uh, yeah, Bobby. attorney general yeah, of the United States. Uh, several secret phone calls and secret face-saving plans to coddle the white fragile racists like the governor to let Meredith attend a school, which his own taxes helped fund, yeah. which he got the GI Bill to get to go to school. Mm-hmm. So he matriculates in the fall. It happens. White people in Mississippi were totally won over, stopped being racist. No wait. Okay, fine. Uh, it's funny because it even says no wait in my notes. Yeah. Uh, that should read that they rioted, burned cars, and objected to all the protection that Meredith had from the federal government. Well, yeah, because uh, when when the federal government steps in to do something they don't like, right? Uh, it's it's tyranny and the war of Yankee aggression all over again. Mm-hmm. When the federal government uh, doesn't step in to protect their fragile identitarian mm-hmm. issues it's you know a failure of government to right. you know respect you know the values of you know proper voters or whatever and governance yeah so there's this man named edwin walker uh who uh he's a a racist firebrand veteran uh and he took to the radio and said here's a fun quote mississippi it is time to move we have talked listened and been pushed around far too much by the antichrist supreme court that was Ed's hand meeting his head. Rise Ugh. to a stand be- beside Governor Ross Barnett at Jackson, Mississippi. Now is the time to be heard. Thousands strong from every state in the Union rally to the cause of freedom. Wait. Uh-huh. Wait. Yep. This jackhole uh-huh. is framing this yeah. as a freedom yeah. issue. Yeah. Oh. They're keeping a dude... From doing... From attending a university... A public university. A pub, what I was about to say, yeah, a university yeah. he has literally paid to support mm-hmm. out of his tax dollars. Yes. And these Neanderthal jughead morons mm-hmm. are trying to frame this, this one in particular jughead Neanderthal moron. Mm-hmm. Um, jughead, not jarhead. I have nothing against Marines. I want to make okay. that very clear. But this, <laughs> this, this bucket-headed... Pimple mm-hmm. is is trying to claim this is a freedom issue, yeah, but he's on the radio, so it's okay. What? Yeah. Okay. He goes on. Quote: 
The Battle Cry of the Republic. What? No, yeah. no, no. Oh. Sit down. Shut up. You're canceled. Fuck you. No, I'm sorry. We sang that while we were kicking your asses. You don't... No, you don't get that. You're going to like this. Oh, no, I'm not. Barnett, yes. Castro, no. How are you conflating? Because Castro's a communist, and black people must like communism. Therefore, yeah. But that's a non sequitur. No, Castro. It doesn't have anything to fucking do. This is communism. It is un-American to get in the way of our freedom to restrict people's freedoms. To get in the way of our freedom to be racist peckerwood jackass. Yeah. Okay. Quote. You know what? You could be a racist pecker with jackass. You just, just can't actually like prevent somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. Quote, Ugh. bring your flag, your tent, and your skillet. It's now or never. The time is when the president of the United States commits or uses any troops, federal or state, in Mississippi. The last time in such a situation, I was on the wrong side. That was in Little Rock, Arkansas, 1957 and 1958. This time... Out of uniform, I am on the right side. I will be there. And I hope you get bayoneted, you fuckwit. I would just like to point out, Ugh. he was in uniform, or he's claiming. Yeah. That so he was... he was a veteran, so he's claiming that he served in Little Rock. I couldn't find any record either way. Okay. I, yeah, it'd be interesting to try to find a DD-214 to see if he yeah. was part of the 101st Airborne. So, totally but, reasonable stuff happening surrounding young people of color in the country. Very reasonable. Uh, whose only infraction was daring to think that they were entitled to the same rights as citizens as white people. I don't, I don't see why this is such a problem. Um, the governor also stoked the fires, despite the fact that he had his secret deals with RFK. Uh, he's an elected official sworn to uphold the Constitution, I might add. And he said this after he signed off on Meredith's enrollment into Ole Miss. Oh, no. Quote, Gentlemen... You are trampling on the sovereignty of this great state and depriving it of every vestige of honor and respect as a member of the United States. You are destroying the Constitution of the United States. May God have mercy on your souls. Okay, wait, no. Hmm? Hold on. Okay. I want to parse that for a second. Okay. Because this this Neanderthal, and this is an insult, by the way, to our Neanderthal ancestors. Uh, Believe me, I know. I I, I, I am one. but, But... this 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 Australia Pythocene Nimrod yeah. Yeah. Um, is is first off mm-hmm. first off we talked about this yes he's invoking honor yes which is I'm which is directly yeah. mm-hmm. directly mm-hmm. taken out a lost cause ideology oh absolutely you know we we, we fought honorably you know so did they you, yep. you fought the same goddamn war stand up show the breast. Right. Fall down yep. or not. That was the way the war was fought. Get over it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, but we fought with honor. They fought with money. Whatever. They had more of it. Get Funny over it. You were fighting for someone else's ability. Yeah, to you know, yeah. And, and, and by the way, die mad about it, mm-hmm. which they did. Uh, and that makes me so happy on cold nights. <laughs> um, but so so he starts with this invocation of honor, which is which is such lost cause bullshit it makes one's head spin and then he turns around and has the unmitigated audacity Mm -hmm. to paraphrase frank zappa to 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 invoke the constitution yes and try to say that they are destroying the constitution 
the 14th Amendment of which is supposed to protect... Due process. Due process and the, and, and the rights of everybody... Yes. ...under the law. Yes. What's your point? <laughs> my fury is incandescent, <laughs> sir. That's, that's my point. Okay. I, you know, we, we, we have lamented... Mm-hmm. To to one another, mm-hmm. uh, usually outside the podcast, but but you know we've made snarky remarks on it to to this effect mm-hmm. that you know we're now living in a, in a post facts political environment. You mean a time where people lie? Well, yeah, yeah, and 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 that like you know mm-hmm. fake news air quotes right is, right. is you, you mean know, lies? Yeah, yeah, lies. But but the fact that you know our current president. Mm-hmm. Gets away with just you know pulling random garbage out of his fundament and and flinging it and not getting sufficiently called on it. Yes, and we and we have lamented that like oh my god what kind of era are we living in? Mm-hmm. In a way, it's almost oddly comforting to find out that no 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 racist jackholes have been doing this shit for years. Uh, yeah, I would, you know? yeah, I would say it's comforting from a symmetry perspective. I don't know that it's comforting for marginalized people. Well, I said I said yeah. almost comforting. Yeah. I mean, from from the point of view of like, you know, no, the world has just always sucked. Yeah, yeah. you know, and it's not that this is any new, mm-hmm. you know, uh, intensification of this problem. It's mm-hmm. you know, yeah. there's 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 a certain weird kind of fatalistic comfort in that. Yeah, but at the same time. You're canceled. Sit down. Shut up. Mm-hmm. Let, please please let, die. Let let the let the other people talk. Die in a fire. Yeah. Die in a fire. Mad about it. Yeah. To combine. Yeah. That you set. Yeah. And it just went the wrong way on you. Yeah. 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 Like that guy. Yeah. The yeah synagogue yeah. guy. Yeah. This isn't going to age yeah. well, and yet, no, sadly, but, it probably will. Yeah. Um. So. Anyway, sorry. I've had my segue no, for yeah. So carry uh, on. So the hate and vitriol with which <sighs> both of these things were met. Uh, and, of course, you know, there were people who were uh, um, hateful on, well, only really one side, because the other side was just trying to go to college. Um, but <laughs> I can't both sides this. Yeah, no, um, you, you can't. You, th- th- this is not an issue that can be both sided. No. There is a very clear moral imperative here. Yes. And there is one side that is trying to act according to it, and there's another side that is actively impeding it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, period. Right. Like, so, no. So why can't they meet in the middle? Because there is no goddamn middle. And and I know I know that you're just saying this to get the obvious response out of me, yep. but like I still have to say it. There is no middle here. That's true. Now, it it should be pointed out, of course, that the two of us are mm-hmm. Californian liberal leaning. Yeah. You you farther than me, but Far you know, yeah. uh uh, products of of the generation that you know was born after all of this happened, right? So you know the 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 mindset and the worldview mm-hmm. of people who looked like us mm-hmm. living in that part of the country at that time was such that right whatever mental gymnastics they had to go through to justify it was necessary because it was their whole paradigm. Yes, which doesn't make it right, but no. helps. Helps with the understanding of how the hell could you be that bass awkward? Yes. So, anyway, carrying on. So, yeah, all of this kind of uh, overwrought language. 
kind of... Uh, Wait, are you talking about mine or theirs? <laughs> theirs. Okay. Uh, may God have mercy on your souls. That kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's Well, that's, that's again, straight out of... Oh, yeah. A lost cause, <clears throat> anything. is You know, high melodrama. Yeah. So it sets a, <clears throat> a really good background where comic books having an overwrought language... Yeah. Uh, ...didn't seem so overwrought at the time. It normalized it. Okay. So other things that happened the year the X-Men came out, uh, Wallace was elected governor of Alabama. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know where he was inaugurated? The where? very spot where Jefferson Davis was sworn in as president of the CSA. Okay, okay, hold on. Sure. I, I want to I clarify something. Do we know, mm-hmm. did he choose that spot as like... Yes. I want to... Really? Yes. It wasn't just like they both happened on the front of the Capitol steps or no, something? No, and here's why. Here's this quote. Oh, no. In the name of the greatest people that have ever trod this earth, I draw the line in the dust and toss the gauntlet before the feet of tyranny, and I say segregation now, segregation tomorrow, and segregation forever. Right. Yeah, I remember I remember that quote, but I hadn't, I hadn't realized that he actually said that from the same spot where inauguration day. Jefferson traitor to the country Davis, Peckerwood yeah. Davis had mm-hmm. okay wow i didn't think i could think less of george wallace and now i do so okay here's more uh that june george wallace now governor stands in the door of the university of alabama to protest desegregation forcing the national guard to remove him from that spot and he later said quote the president wants us to surrender this state to Martin Luther King and his group of pro-communists who have instituted these demonstrations. Okay. Yeah, sure. Surrender the state. Yeah. To specifically Martin Luther King. Uh-huh. And his and pro-communists. His, his group of pro-communists. Yes. Who have instituted Mm-hmm. Yeah, these who, who have just started this whole fight. Yeah. They've just they've just Started this whole conflict, oh, yeah. you know, because they just they just want to upend everything and just cause trouble. They're just a bunch of troublemakers. Yep. God, these people suck. Um, also, I mean, it was George Wallace. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously. But. In 1963, August, uh, uh, King gives his I Have a Dream speech. Yeah. And it's considered one of the most famous speeches of modern history. Uh, and it has the lines, I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but... But by the content of their character. I have a dream today. Yeah. And rhetorically, it's actually, it's really cool. Uh, interestingly to me, though, he would planned his speech to be a sweeping metaphor based on promissory notes. And you can still hear that in the beginning. Yeah. And then he goes off script and actually inspires folks. Yeah. Um, but I love this promissory note, bank statement kind of... Uh, Interest coming due. Yeah. Debts but, being paid. But it was yeah. falling really flat. Yeah. So he ad-libbed uh, and improvised with a far better result. Uh, lots of rhetorical flash and flourish. Cool uses of anaphora. Um, oh, yeah. No, it's it's one of... it's Yeah. It, it is it is all the more impressive for mm-hmm. being something that he, he wound up throwing together out of parts of other stuff that he'd said previously. I mean... It, and also he's a pastor with a PhD. D in in that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I mean, if you go back and read Daniel two, it's oh that. yeah, yes. flat places made crooked or, or uh, made, crooked made crooked places made, made straight. straight. Flat places made or, uh, or uh, tall places uh, made tall, yeah, tall places made flat. Yeah. But yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. Less than a month later, in September, 
the KKK sets off a bomb in a church, killing four black girls, aged 14 and under, mm-hmm. in what King called, quote, one of the most vicious and tragic crimes ever perpetrated against humanity. He was not wrong. Not wrong. Wallace suggested a curfew for black people. Right. Because, you know, for their own safety. Within the week, two black young men were shot and killed. Johnny Robinson, age 16, was shot by a police officer for running away from him. Virgil Ware, age 13, about 16 miles from Birmingham, uh, was shot by a 16-year-old on a bicycle coming home from an anti-integration rally. Lovely. History rhymes. Yeah. King sent Wallace a telegram. Oh. Love the stones on this guy. He says, The blood of four little children is on your hands. Your irresponsible and misguided actions have created in Birmingham and Alabama the atmosphere that has induced continued violence and now murder. All right. So this is the zeitgeist into which the X-Men are born. The Avengers were a really cool team doing cool stuff, mostly staying in New York, uh, dealing with crime and cosmic threats. At one point, Thor stops some mobsters from stealing fur coats. Uh, Cosmic threats. Yes. Gross misallocation of resources. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or misallocation of Rethorthith. Oh. 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 Thou liver-spotted poltroon. <laughs> oh. I've given up. I've given up on Victorianisms, ladies and gentlemen. I'm I'm having to go farther back uh, in into the linguistic lexicon and and get Elizabethan on your ass. <laughs> oh my God. Oh. oh. Rethorthith. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, did I hammer that home too hard? Oh! Oh. God. That was low-key funny. You nailed it. Yeah. Oh, then we're done. Uh, So, the Fantastic Four had been to the moon and back a couple times by this point, actually. Yes. Uh, Most of their problems they dealt with were in the Yancey Street Gang, people who wanted to bone Sue Storm. uh, (laughs) Namor being Uh, Namor. Namor being, yeah. Faraway dictators and Russians. Yeah. Uh, Of course, all the supervillain variety. The big global level kind of threats. Okay. The X-Men, they tackled the idea of being an outsider in society and how to address that almost from the beginning. And here's the thing. It was an accident. Really? Yeah. Stan Lee had, if you think about all the heroes I'd listed, almost all of them were brought about by radiation of some sort. Okay. Yes. Which, again, in the 60s, it makes ter- yeah, it total sense. Huge, right? Yeah, well, it was what everybody was afraid of. It was and the underlying subconscious fear. Exactly. And okay. beyond radiation, it was technological marvelousness. Okay? Yeah. So you had the, yeah. the PIM particles in pill yeah. form. Yeah. Uh, and you had Tony Stark, right? Yeah. Uh, so he didn't want a whole team being radiated again. That's fair enough. So here's a quote from him. Uh, I couldn't have everyone bitten by a radioactive spider or zapped with gamma rays, and it occurred to me that if I just said that they were mutants, it would make it easy. Then it occurred to me that instead of them just being heroes that everybody admired, what if I made other people fear and suspect and actually hate them because they were different? I loved that idea. It not only made them different, but it was a good metaphor for what was happening with the civil rights movement in the country at the time. Hey, Geek Nation, Ed here. And Damien. 
Damien, yeah. you in the market for a new book? What? You know what? I am. All right. Well, I got I got a series to recommend to you. Oh, that's fantastic. You know what? I would love to read a book about like Irish folklore and Celtic folklore, but set in an urban setting in America. You got anything? Wow, that's not at all artfully set up. But <laughs> I do, as a matter of fact, have something for you. The American Fairy Tale Trilogy by Bishop O'Connell starts with The Stolen. Mm-hmm. The second volume is The Forgotten. The final that's okay. volume is The Returned. You'll remember the second volume later. You punning son of a bitch. No, that's... The title is The Forgotten. The, the, which is fine, because I'm sure they could find it on Amazon and they would actually find the title without having to rely on your batty memory. Good day, sir. And on that note, back to the show. <laughs> okay, so you said it wasn't on purpose, right? but it clearly it was, was on his mind. Yeah, though, here's the thing. Uh, some of this is just him remembering himself being more woke later. Okay. Okay, he's looking back going, oh yeah, I totally, you know, okay. I, I was thinking about that all the time. But Marvel did pretty quickly start to deal with prejudice. So it clearly was in his head. It well, really yeah. was. But it was incidental to, I got to get these super kids' powers. How do I do it? Okay. So it was then like, right. well, we're here. Why don't we? Yeah. So here's the thing, though. It's it's still a white guy in New York putting into allegory what he imagines the problems of black people to be. Yeah. So it's wildly flawed. It's very one-dimensional at times, right? But I'm still going to give him all kinds of credit here because at least he's bringing it up. Yeah. And publishing it for kids to read. Knowing that kids in the South are going to be reading these comics and having these ideas work in an allegorical way, it's going to drip into their heads in ways that their parents will be unable to access. It'll be sub rosa. Mm-hmm. It, it'll, it'll get past whatever editing or censoring might happen because, yeah. after all, it's just comic books and who can take those seriously? Right. You know, same way any kind of any kind of drawn medium in our culture gets treated. It's the which know, is funny children's kids ghetto. That's you know. in many ways why the C the CC was created. Yeah, the comic book code was created was because oh god, we don't know what these kids are reading. <laughs> yeah, so we're not, we're not taking any of this seriously. But oh my god, we have to take this seriously. Right, it's that weird. And then they fixed it and walked away. And then people and got then in. And like, everybody went <laughs> social justice. Okay, in there. so wait, what yeah. are the exact rules? Okay, so the rules don't say I can't do this. Right. Yeah. So, to me, the brilliance was that he didn't paint the mutants all as one thing either. Uh, And this is brilliant for two reasons. Number one, it allows him to hold up a mirror to society, which is something that all literature does, as we've said from the beginning. Yeah. Uh, But it allows him to do so in a safe way. If your chief bad guy is also a mutant, we can walk away not feeling chastised uh, if we don't want to be challenged by his art. Okay. And this is important for mass appeal, which is what a comic book is aimed at in 1963. Yeah. Also... It allows him to look at how non-universal the oppressed experience is. Okay. Okay. So you have walk, walk have, me walk me through what precisely you mean by that. Sure. So um, everybody understands what it's like to be Peter Parker. Okay. Everybody's been an awkward teenager. Okay. A mutant's problem. Is that they're born that way, and not everybody has a problem that they're born with. Okay. It's not a stage that we all go through. Okay. Understood. And therefore, anybody who reads about the X-Men... I mean, it's cool that Cyclops is shooting rays from his eyes, and that Jean Grey is using telekinesis, and that the Beast is flippy. Yeah. Those things are cool, and, and Angel has wings, and 
Iceman to me is the coolest of them all. But um, um, but all those things are neat. Yeah. But also they're hated for who they are, which is not something that everybody would get, and yet they're being exposed to it. Okay. So it's not a universal okay. experience. But now it's being universalized. Okay. So you have a group of people who are feared and therefore hated because of their difference from the group. Okay. You have a group of people with differing views on how to countenance that oppression, by the way. <clears throat> Some choose integration to prove that they're not different enough from the other group to warrant this treatment, and some choose segregation, citing safety over inclusion. Okay. Some choose to rise up and dominate, citing that you'll never truly be safe if people want to hurt you, and some choose not to back down when it comes to defending themselves and their own dignity, and they establish their own rights as persons by any means necessary. Nice. Thank you. And that's... Way Way to get that in there. Yeah. That's the big point of the X-Men. It's a white guy's understanding of what black male civil rights leaders and activists thought. He's not consulting Diane Nash at all. Well, no. And he's trying because, to... Well, because yeah. in the 1960s, as we've noted in previous episodes... Women didn't exist. Women, yeah, to the, to the people who were writing this stuff, that, that that was outside of their frame of reference. Right. And, and yeah. But... Yeah. He's trying to bend that understanding into storytelling that is palatable to kids... And keep in mind, it's a comic book in the 1960s. It is not a polemic. It is not anything other than colorful paper in so many ways. It's not an academic paper. It's not trying to be the final word on why racism is bad. It's a comic book. Now, as an artifact of its time, X-Men is pretty rad. So, I want to look at the two leaders of the good guys and the bad guys in the Uh X-Men. Okay. You've got two male leaders in 1963 grabbing the spotlight in New York. Martin Luther King yeah. and Malcolm X. Now, Stanley is working in New York. So what's going to be in the New York Times, what's going to be on the lips of everybody, what's going to be in the general zeitgeist is these two guys. Martin Luther King is doing his stuff all throughout the South, but he can't help but get headlines. Yeah. Malcolm X is very New York specific. Yes. So... He's writing about Professor X and Magneto right from the beginning. Professor X wants mutants and humans to live side by side as equals. Yes. Magneto wants to separate and therefore, by extension of that, to dominate. Yes. Okay, now... Now, question. Sure. How early on Mm -hmm. in the nascent beginnings of the Mm X-Men... Do we find out the backstory of of Magneto being a survivor of the Holocaust? That gets retconned, I want to say, in the 80s or 90s. Really? It's that yeah. late? Yeah. Okay. Prior to that, he is just evil. He is just he's a... evil with a point. He's a, right? he's a mutant separatist. Yep. Uh, uh, and separatism must be bad because well, they're doing well it on intentioned, their own terms. Well-intentioned extremist. Not even or well not intention. even well intentioned, Straight but up just, trying just to be evil. massive, massive yeah. extremist. Okay, but his methodology is very similar to what's what's yeah. being seen yeah. as a fringe thing. Yeah. Now he's also dressed almost entirely in orange. He's got purple piping. Yeah. Okay. Now this well, signifies a couple things, right? Yeah. Orange. Purple, purple. I remember. Yes. Purple mm-hmm. signifies royalty, leadership, power, Good. dominion. And orange, if I remember correctly, is mental imbalance. Yes. So in his case, mm-hmm. in his case, I'm gonna get try to get Jungian mm-hmm. on this. That imbalance is the urge to dominate mm-hmm. 
and and fanaticism. Yes. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So anything that he does is See, colored I've been by paying attention. Well done. Aha. Uh-huh. Well done. Anything he does is colored by his insanity. Okay. Clearly he's insane if he wants to dominate everyone. That's not what a good American would do. That's not what a good hero would do. It's not what a yeah. good that's not one of what, what one of the good ones would do. Ooh. And like you said, he wears purple trim, right? Yeah. Which he yeah. sees himself as a leader, a ruler, right? Either at the time or in the future, right? It also, purple and orange contrast very nicely with yellow and blue. Okay. And that's that what the X Men makes sense. Were. That's the X Men. Now, blue yep. was self sacrifice. Uh, they uh, might be, but okay. moral rightness. Moral, too. okay. Moral yep. righteousness. Uh huh. And then gold again is leadership. Gold is, but yellow. Oh, okay. Is for lesser powered individuals and or sidekicks. So you have a whole team who are all together collectively wearing yellow. None of them. uh, Yes. So they're they're that symbolic of them kind of being underdogs in that fight against Mm -hmm. Magneto. Magneto. Yeah, and what we can do together. Oh, okay. All right. Versus separatism. Now, if you remember your comic See, it could also be taken to mean that Professor X is the real leader of the whole operation and they're all his his minions. Could be. Yeah. I mean, That's also... Yeah. He has an interesting color scheme too, though, because there's some green going on with him, but it's the more natural green. Yeah. He's also handicapped. Yeah. And he... Again, Stan Lee, not a handicapped individual. Able-bodied. Yeah. So trying to write for what he assumed was what handicapped people thought. Yeah. Wrote some really problematic shit early on. Yeah, well, yes. Um, Profoundly, if yeah. I remember. <laughs> if I remember correctly, Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so if you remember your, your comic book code, right, anyone who's against the status quo cannot prevail. Oh, right, yeah. Status quo is God. Therefore, they must be a bad guy. Well, since the status quo is racist as fuck, right, <laughs> Someone against that, even in regards to mutants and mutinous, has to be the bad guy. Okay. So now, somebody, yeah. So, okay, so yeah. so you can be against it, mm-hmm. the the institutional racism, the oppression, whatever, like like Professor X, and still be a good guy. But it is acting upon yes. being against it and looking and seeking to overthrow it. Yes. Because you're now an agent is, of chaos. You're now an agent of chaos and disorder. Mm-hmm. Right. Nice and Rather than trying to work within the system and integrate. Uh-huh. All right. Uh-huh. So this feeds into the narrative that there are good ones and bad ones. Which is kind of profoundly unfortunate, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A good one wants to be a part of the status quo. And, uh, yeah. And they'll seek to prove themselves as worthy of such. Yeah. Based on the values that are already in place. Yeah, based based on the values of the majority. They'll also fight to protect dominant it. Dominant culture. Even to protect those who would do them harm. Well, yeah. There's that wearing blue thing. Yeah. A bad one rejects all that. Mm-hmm. A bad one in comics means that, by extension, they're going to try to take over the world. Well, because melodrama. I mean, right. you know, yeah, come yeah. on. Again, it's a comic book. It's, it's, it's a convention 1960s. of the genre. Yeah, absolutely. You the know. bad ones ruin it for everyone else. Well, yeah. Remember that Wallace quote? Oh, Lord. The president yeah. wants us to surrender this state to Martin Luther King and his group of pro-communists who have instituted these demonstrations. If it weren't for the bad ones, 
the good ones wouldn't have a problem here in Alabama. Remember that JFK can. They wouldn't be allowed to go to college, you shit heel. Right, so they wouldn't have. So a problem, they wouldn't. Right? They, yeah. well, well, if you learn, then there's problems. It's, yeah. Okay. Remember JFK condemned Broad the Freedom swords. Riders. Yeah, I know. Unpatriotic. I know. Thank God we've changed, and no one's been blackballed from his profession for choosing to make a public and unavoidable objection uh, to oppression of his community, getting called unpatriotic and mean to the troops for such an objection, while ignoring the actual substance of that objection on the thought that went into it. I have no idea who you're talking about. <laughs> now I, I've seen people decorating their lawns with the Betsy Ross flag on purpose. Never before. Yeah. But then when... Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, and... What and, a weird coincidence that yeah, was. Yeah, what a weird Just so weird. Yeah, so weird, yeah. yeah. And, and it should be pointed out, um, Betsy Ross was a Quaker and mm-hmm. an abolitionist and, and like... Uh, mm-hmm. Okay, so, sorry. Anyway, yeah. moving on. And, and the army that she sewed a flag for broke its promises yeah. to slaves who fought. Yes. So, oh, it, yeah. No denying. Yeah. Any, yeah. So. So, now to the fun stuff. Uh, oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> Stan Lee was pulling straight from the headlines to make his characters echo yes. the culture of their times the best that he knew how, right? So, Professor X was Martin Luther King and Booker T. Washington rolled into one. Okay. Because Professor X rolled everywhere. You know, (laughs) carry on. I'm not even going to, I'm going to keep on, keep on trucking. He wanted full inclusion and understanding. Yeah. Uh, He wanted it to be peaceful, but conscious choice on the part of humans. They have to choose to want us, but it needs to be peacefully done. Okay. He figured mutants would have to prove it to them, but he had faith that they'd accept it once they were shown the rightness of it, and he wants mutants to prove themselves worthy of the inclusion and trust by constantly bettering themselves. The talented tenth. Yeah. Wait, that's Dubois. Uh, but, but it's, it's yeah, the and, Washington. And I'm trying to remember the, the term, but there was a group of... Um, I mean, it's Tuskegee. Yeah, well, it's Tuskegee. Yeah. It's... Uh, in the U.S. Navy, mm-hmm. there there was a particular group that was the Golden. I want to say it was the Golden Twelve, mm-hmm. uh, who were the first uh, commissioned African American officers. Okay, um, and I, I'm going to have to look it up now because okay. I read about it and it it I I remember that it happened, but I don't remember the details. Next episode because I yeah. want to hear about it. Yeah, yeah. So here is um, Professor X talking. I was born of parents who had worked on the first A-bomb project. Oh. Which is weird, because he's bald and it's 1963. Yeah. There's some time compression going on there. Yeah, a little bit. Like yourselves, I am a mutant. Possibly the first such mutant. I have the power to read minds. That got retconned. Yeah. Yeah. I have the power to read minds and to project my own thoughts into the brains of others. But when I was young, normal people feared me, distrusted me. I realized the human race is not yet ready to accept those with extra powers, so I decided to build a haven, a school for X-Men. Now, we're going to unpack that a little, but I would point out to you that, like, well, I'll just get to it. The first bit is standard exposition of every comic, right? Remember, every issue might be a kid's first issue, so there's that. Yeah. But then, quote, normal people feared me. So just that phrase means that he he acknowledges he's not normal. He has internalized the oppression. Now the, the idea of keep yeah. in mind the times it's nineteen sixty. Yeah, well, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. but already he's defining himself as different according to the status quo standards. Yes, 
Mutants aren't normal, and I want to come back to this when uh, you take over and talk about gay rights. Yeah. Secondly, I realize that the human race is not yet ready to accept those with extra powers. Yeah, Chuck, they are, actually. <laughs> All right? Captain America, <laughs> the Fantastic Four. <laughs> yeah. Iron, uh, Captain America was done on purpose. Yeah. You know, that was that was government health care. Um, <laughs> You've made that argument before. I have. That, and, I really do and, need to do you know, that. We got to we got to find a way to, to yeah. put that together. The but, Fantastic uh, Four was by accident. The ultimate the ultimate FDR uh, WPA project. Yeah, Captain oh, America, hundred percent. The embodiment yeah. of the New Deal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Iron Man did it to himself. The Wasp was popping pills for it. Ant Man was popping pills for it. Thor was an alien. Who, by the way, yeah, but Thor. You Thor, could, Thor had a had an alter ego. He did, and, You're right? And there was, and it was a weird. I mean, at the beginning yeah. of at the beginning of Thor's canon, this that why was I don't really go with Thor much. Strange, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think the 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 difference mm-hmm. in 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 defense of of Prof Chuck. Um, I I think the the issue is just even the very word mutant. Yeah. You know, has has the connotation. Well, of, it comes from the Latin muto mutare, which is to change. To change, yeah. And so there's there's this there's this connotation of of uncleanliness. There's mm-hmm. this connotation perversion of of perversion or twisting mm-hmm. or or something like that. Absolutely. And when somebody within the American paradigm, mm-hmm. when somebody builds a suit to make himself super strong and bulletproof. That is That's that fine. is living up to what right. it is that we are, that is striving that yeah. is that is trying you know the pim particles and in the 1960s medicine and technology were the are, big deal going to save us were, yeah. were the big deal yep. and whereas being innately mm-hmm. other and innately is a is a different yeah. is a different thing in a way that makes the quote normal people feel inadequate too yes yeah. and and it's not something that they can achieve right. You know, you can look at Iron Man and you can go, well, you know, you give me a box of scraps in a cave, I can do that. Right. Only I'm not Tony Stark. Right. Um, but you could you know, see how to get. But you can see that. how yeah. to go from point how to go from point yeah. A to point B. Yep. Whereas the X Men all started at point D, mm-hmm. and and then went from there. So they were born on third. Yeah. And now the normal folks. The normal folks are pissed that they're seeing someone else's privilege. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, there there could be a whole unpacking <laughs> of the idea of privilege going on there, uh-huh. you know, but and, yeah, yeah, but of course that wouldn't even occur to anybody back in sixties no. because that's that's no. something people are still arguing over about today. You, you could even argue that the Hulk um, was more normal because their objection wasn't his powers; it was his attitude. Yeah, you know, yeah, it was his antisocial nature. Yeah, you know, yeah. so. They just don't accept that people were born that way yeah. as a valid avenue to power, yeah. like you were saying. Yeah. Right? Uh, third, a school for X-Men. i just point out Tuskegee again. Enough said. Okay. Professor X seeks... I, I'd yeah. go off on a, on a tangent about, you know, uh, elitism... Uh, and you know you mm-hmm. want to integrate everybody, but you're separating them off into this private school environment, like you know Hogwarts for superheroes. But he's teaching them how to pass in dominant society. 
true. In so doing. True, yeah. but he's also inculcating into them the idea that they're a cadre of, oh, yeah. of you know, the specials. Mm-hmm. So there's this weird push-pull between we want to assimilate, but we're also this this elite now you, you see know, why why real. racists argue vociferously against historical black colleges. Oh yeah, or the Black Entertainment Channel. Yeah, or 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 like anytime well, yeah. somebody carves something out for themselves, since yeah. they're not allowed elsewhere, yeah. then everybody's like, "Well, you're the real racists." Yeah, you have that specific yeah. thing. Why do you have to have a gaming night for just women? Right. Uh, well, because too many gamer to women. dudes are jackasses. <laughs> yeah. Well, how come you get all these walls built around your city? You made a ghetto. You, you you literally boxed us in, and you're you're the one who laid yeah. the bricks. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, just just throwing that out there. But yeah. So Professor X seeks greater justice, and he seeks that as a means to an end because that's what's going to liberate humans from their hatred of mutants. So he, the oppressed, he is he is doing a favor for right. the dominant culture, right? By liberating them from their own toxicity. Yes. Wow. That actually manages to bring up magical minority uh-huh. stereotypes. Mm-hmm. Wow. Tropes are tropes for a reason. Yeah. And like nowadays, people are like, no, I'm not going to both be oppressed by you and save you from your own and, twisted and, thinking and, that got yeah, me here. You, you, you educate yourself. Exactly. I'm, I'm out. Yeah. Come, come see me when you're ready. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and, and, and that liberation from hatred is going to result in human acceptance of mutant equality, right? The way to help liberate the oppressors from their flawed worldview, bless their hearts, uh, <laughs> is to... Uh, one of those phrases out of out of Southern culture that yeah. I think makes some, some parts of Southern culture worth keeping around. Mm. Oh, bless his heart. Right. You know, I, I try to remember which comic it was. I, I want to say it was Jeff Foxworthy, but that could be I could be wrong. You can say anything you want to about somebody if you follow it up with "Bless his heart." <laughs> I always say so, "Bless your heart" in a non-Texas way. Yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, here's here's how you can you can liberate the oppressors. You yeah. can save the oppressors from their poor thinking if you pull yourself up by your own bootstraps, and together we shall overcome. Okay, there, you know, um, I think because you know, of course, Martin Luther King Jr. Mm-hmm. was uh, inspired by Mohandas Gandhi, mm-hmm. and I think it's Who interesting. Was inspired by Thoreau. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Gandhi. Gandhi expressed it a lot better than Thoreau, but that's just yeah, my well, opinion. No, uh, I, I'm with you. Uh, but but Gandhi. I think had a clearer eyed, and again, this this is an mm-hmm. artifact of of Lee being a member of the dominant culture, trying to imagine the mindset of somebody trying to work against the dominant culture. Sure, because uh, you know Gandhi, and I know also King, but mm-hmm. but for some reason, you know, thinking about liberating people from their own toxicity sounds very Hindu Buddhist kind of, yeah. you know that. That, that kind of worldview and and I I don't think that would be anything that Gandhi would have ever actually said because no. you know his whole take was no 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 look we're going to make them face mm-hmm. how violent this is and we're going to count on the fact that they are not completely monstrous it's worth noting that that in later years Gandhi said no uh, nonviolent resistance wouldn't have worked against the Nazis right because they'd have just killed us all and right. they didn't have the moral compunction not to do that they yeah, Gandhi had the good luck of dealing with the British yeah which is a really hard sentence yeah. to say it's well yeah 
but it's true. But it but it is right it is in there. fact true. Yeah. That very very English very you know uh, uh, there's a right and proper way to do things. Mm-hmm. The very idea of noblesse oblige. Yeah. You know he, he basically nonviolent resistance shows if if you're not actually behaving in a manner befitting noblesse oblige, it really makes it hard for you to justify what you're doing. Yes. You know, yeah. and and yeah, the, the Nazis didn't have that problem. No, no, um, they, uh, they they had a really massive solution, but they didn't have that problem. Yeah, and and so, but anyway, speaking of rhyming, you know, yeah, Gandhi, um, Gandhi, and, and I think King probably would have said to Lee, you know, you're, you're throwing a lot of messianic uh, uh, pressure mm-hmm. on on Chuck here. You know, maybe maybe think a little about that. Again, you know, but a product of where he was yeah. and and what he was doing. Now, yeah. here's here's a wonderful quote from Professor X. Um, Not all of them want to help mankind. He's talking about mutants. Some hate the human race and wish to destroy it. Some feel that mutants should be the real rulers of Earth. It is our job to protect mankind from those from the evil mutants. There's good ones. And there's bad ones. There's bad ones. And it should also be pointed out that Magneto led the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Like, it was in their name. It was. Now, it gets retconned later as a sardonic title. Like, well, well, you're going to call us that, we might yeah, as well. If you're you going to call us monsters, then yeah. monsters we shall be. Exactly. But, no, in 63, 64, it was, no, no, we are the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Because that way you could defeat them that by way you page could... 24. Yeah. Yeah. Which, again, Comic Code Authority. Uh-huh. You got to do you. it. So, now, I'm going to stop there. Okay. Because then we're going to get next time into a lot of what Stan Lee wrote at the back of his comics called Stan Lee's Soapbox. Oh, yeah. And there are some beautiful, beautiful things that he has there. And it's going to be quote heavy next time. Okay. Um, But uh, so far, uh, we've talked about the X-Men for maybe 15 minutes. Yeah. And racism in the South for the other 45 uh, is there any takeaway? I'd say it was racism generally, but most intensely yeah. in the South. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, the takeaway, as as anytime we get discussing, and, and this is one of the, we haven't actually talked about comic books in this context that much mm-hmm. in the series yet. Uh, but when we talk about it, the two of us, uh, without the microphone here, one of the things that keeps coming up is, all these damn SJWs trying to insert all this liberal <laughs> bullshit into my comics. I just want right. to read. I just want to read comics, and and you know from the get go, they've been. It's like you know what he he figured out really quickly. The writers and Lee and the yeah. artists, everybody involved, figured out real quick. You know what? This is an allegory. Uh, we're gonna run with it. Yes. Like we're picking up this ball and we're flinging it down the field. And we're we're got, not. You I've know, got a beautiful quote on that. Uh, you know, for next time. Yeah, and yeah. and and you know, I mean, the the other classic example is Cap punching Hitler in the face on the cover of the first issue of Captain America, which came out six months before we declared war. Yes, on the Nazis. Yes. So get away from me with your. I mm-hmm. just want to read comics. Don't give me your politics. Yeah. They have always been political. You know, the people who always say that are huge Punisher fans. Which I find interesting yeah. that they think that that's apolitical. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. Well, they're they're immune to subtext. Yeah, yeah. Or or text yeah. in many cases. So, how about you? Um, 
Yeah, I, I forgot how volatile the early 60s were and how entrenched the mainstream was. And frankly, finding these quotes was disheartening as fuck because, <laughs> because they're so... Well, it's literally a century after secession. Yeah. And it's the same shit well, all it's, over it's again. literally 50 plus years ago and it's the same shit all over again. Like, I'm hearing the same... Like, it, it's there's this uh, scene in Tron... Yeah, the movie Tron with Jeff, the the first one with Jeff okay. Bridges, right, yeah, yeah. And, and Bruce Boxleitner, I think. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Um, where he's talking about, oh, and David Warner, of course. Um, and he's talking about how, um, oh, I forget Sark's boss's name, like his maker, but yeah, yeah, um, but uh, Dillinger maybe. Um, and Some like D- yeah. Dylan Dillinger. Yeah, Dylan. Well, anyway, Deckinger. Deck. Some. Started with a D. Anyway. Yeah. So he uh, he says that the guy took all of his ideas for making video games. Yeah. And he, he has this quote, and he says, The creep didn't even bother to change the name. Mm-hmm. That's what it feels like. Like, our racists today haven't even bothered to code their language anymore. Well, like they don't even have the decency to be hypocritical. Do you do you really do you okay, I I'm I'm I I totally get the frustration. Maybe work for it. Yeah, maybe maybe work you know. for it a little bit. But you know, here's the thing. Do you really expect anybody with that level of intellect yeah. to to even to to try to be original? I mean, you no, know, you're not the wrong. only the only the only thing that's changed is that the guys nowadays, uh, you know, the the smarter of them mm-hmm. have better haircuts, and and they they started out anyway. Uh, Spencer is the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, uh, you know, trying to say, well, you know, we're not advocating a kind of violence. We just think, you know, white people ought to have our own homeland. Right. You know, and like, okay, stop, back up. If we if we analyze the logic. Ultimately, you are calling for people to be kicked out of wherever they live. You you're are talking, talking, about, for, you're talking about ethnic cleansing. Yeah. And the fact that that's, you know, nonviolent in, you know, air quotes. Right. Doesn't make it any less what it is. Mm-hmm. And you're still a prick and a Nazi. And you deserve not only to get punched the way you did, but to have it happen repeatedly. I, yeah. No, know, I, I guess and, I guess my problem is that it's elected officials that haven't gotten any more original. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's uh, my takeaway is yeah, I'm, I'm depressed right. and I want to eat chocolate. So fair enough. Yeah. Um, tell you what, why don't we do this? Uh, I'm going to recommend uh, that people read the X Men from the very beginning. Okay. From the first issues, and I can support run this. The first 24 issues, run through those. Get yourself okay. the app, whether it's the Amazon app or the Marvel Ultimate, uh, whatever app. Read the first 24 issues. Okay. That's that's my reading suggestion for this week. Okay. What's yours? Um, I'm I'm, what am I? I'm trying to think of what I'm reading uh, this week. Ah, uh, I'm going to uh, recommend uh, the works of a very good friend of mine, Bishop O'Connell. Mm-hmm. Uh, the American Fairy Tale series. Um, it's it's modern urban fantasy, but mm-hmm. it has uh, a a very strong tie to. Uh, you know, fairy legend and uh, Celtic uh, myth, nice uh, and and folklore. 
Uh, and I, I think at some point I may try to get him in here for an interview. That sounds great. Um, and it's not directly tied to what we're talking about here, but it is uh, what I'm what what I have on my mind right now in terms of reading. Uh, and so I'm going to recommend that cool. uh, very strongly for now. That one's for free. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right. Well, uh, we will catch you all in the next episode. Um, Indeed. But uh, in the meantime, uh, for A Geek History of Time, I'm Damien Harmony. And I'm Ed Blaylock. And uh, make sure to uh, not let anybody pull the adamantium out of your skeleton in the meantime.